The world around us is changing rapidly. Fundraisers and nonprofit marketers like you have to be flexible and innovative to continue to overcome the challenges you face. We're Pursuant, and we're here to provide you with the tools, insights, and strategies you need to get you where you want to go. You're tuned in to the Pursuant Listening Experience. Hey, Matthew, how are you doing today? Hey, Leah, I'm great. I wanted to sit down with you like we have done in the past to look at kind of the latest fundraising trends and outlook. And the reason that I love talking with you about this is because you are one of the main authors on the 2020 Pursuant Giving Outlook, and you also have written some previous giving outlooks for us. And so you just have a really great ability to like synthesize data and information and pull out kind of the most important topics that nonprofit leaders want to hear about. And so I'd love to talk about some of the things that we've we've seen from this, you know, it's become cliched to say at this point from this unprecedented crazy year, as well as the recently released donor centric Q2 fundraising effectiveness report. Is that did I say that correctly, Matthew? Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Well, um, let's dive right in. So, I mean, it goes without saying like how 2020 has been really crazy, but as you and I were kind of discussing before we hit record, there's still a lot of crazy yet to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. You mentioned, you know, a couple of sources that we lean on and most importantly, I would say questions that we have with our clients almost on a daily basis is, folks asking about their own performance in context with everyone else. So is this good? How are other organizations doing? And then we know that the landscape is dynamic and changing so quickly. So one of the biggest headlines for me for 2020 is a desire and interest to have access to data and to insights faster than ever. And faster than ever possible. And so you know that many of our most revered sources of data and reports in the philanthropic space come out almost only once a year. And so that can be really painful in a year like 2020. And so we lean on reports that are quarterly and it can give us insight on the pulse of the philanthropic space as much as possible. And so to your point earlier, a lot of our clients are clamoring for that information. In particular, when we've got three rocky months ahead of schools that are limping along, trying to stay open, whether it's your kid's elementary school or the university in your town, It feels like we've got a second or third wave of the virus hitting. Certainly, we've got the election, you know, coming up. But then everyone that we're engaged with wants to know, how should I plan for my Giving Tuesday? Wasn't there a Giving Day already this year? And then, you know, what is year-end giving going to look like? So there are really just a ton of unknowns, especially in the context of the overall economy as well that people want to know and and people want to figure out. Yeah, thanks for summarizing all of that. Um, I think you definitely hit on a lot of the sort of painful questions that a lot of us that work in the fundraising nonprofit space are wrestling with. I really like what you brought up right there 
about, you know, did we already have a giving day? What's year in giving going to look like? Because we really have seen some remarkable things in fundraising this year. And so, you know, what what does the end of the year kind of look like given the sort of seismic shifts we've seen in giving this year? Yeah, I mean, that's the question everyone has. I think it's, you know, there are kind of fundamentally people want to know, are donors tapped out? So there was a kind of a pandemic-driven giving day earlier this year that had incredible response, in particular online. And folks want to know, again, are donors tapped out? How quickly are household incomes declining? And is that affecting philanthropy? You know, we also know that consumer sentiment has declined. And so in many cases, our most recent indicators are all about Q2. And we know that from, you know, almost any economic measure that Q2 was painful and, you know, was in the midst of the the negative story. And so as we shift to look at how the rest of the year goes, I've been in a lot of conversations with clients who are asking about giving directly in regard to the election and, you know, keeping in mind sort of the explosive giving that uh, folks saw in 2016. And so, you know, my response to that is that um, there's a little bit of debunking, I think, that folks need to consider in regards to elections. I think in 2016, after Trump won, so many folks were looking around saying, what can I do? What can we do collectively? And so I think there were quite a few headlines that showed unprecedented giving, you know, directly after the election, rage giving. I know Planned Parenthood, the ACLU in particular, had so many transactions that many of their systems were overwhelmed. uh, You know, they worked and are working, I'm sure, with an understanding of how are we going to treat, you know, these new donors. But what we saw sort of at the conclusion of that analysis of that surge in support was really that it affected only quite a few organizations. And while it had immediate impact, the phenomenon of election giving and election effect giving is really isolated. It might benefit a few, but it certainly doesn't affect the whole nonprofit space. And so our recommendation to our clients would be Certainly to have awareness for uh, key election events, the election cycle, if you're directly involved, you know, know where to act. But the net from so much of, of that is that the cumulative impact is, is actually really minimal. My recommendation for the organizations that we serve is to stay more attuned to the broader economy, broader economic pictures and sort of the broader trends than the event of the election alone. Hey there, 
If the insights that Matthew and I are discussing in this conversation sounds interesting to you and you would like to learn more, you can head over to pursuant.com backslash giving outlook to download the 2020 Pursuant Giving Outlook. It's our annual giving resource that examines trends from the year before, as well as charts the course for things to come. So grab your free copy today. I know as we were sort of exploring this topic, Matthew, there had been some facts and statistics we've seen that showed that certain types of donors who have more political activism and who are more likely to donate to political campaigns sometimes are more likely to give to other charitable causes because their kind of giving generosity is more stimulated in in a giving year. But it's really good to hear that even though some of those trends might be wafting around out there, overall giving is not terribly impacted. And so what you're saying is as a nonprofit is to just be aware of everything that's going on in the world as you always should as a fundraiser, but just sort of stay the course with your year in fundraising, you know, as you normally would. Yeah, absolutely. And pay attention to the bigger picture of the economy of giving. You know, again, some of those were were grim for this year so far. So, uh, you know, I mentioned in Q2, our GDP was down, consumer sentiment was down. You know, we have less folks working right now based on recent unemployment stats. And so I think those are important factors as we look at and we consider our strategies. At the same time, though, we need to remain focused on where our donors are headed and where they're going. And so some of the the brightest spots and brightest headlines that we saw at the same time that the pandemic was raging through the economy is that donors are stepping up. And new donor acquisition actually specifically in Q2 was quite strong for organizations who were directly impacted by COVID or who were fundraising around the impact that COVID had on their organizations. So despite the impact to the economy, at the same time, the pandemic illustrated quite a direct case for support for many nonprofits, and they are acquiring a ton of new donors. I would also say a key trend that we're seeing that I would expect to see through the the rest of the year and through year-end, if we're talking about year-end strategies, is a doubling down on direct marketing strategies. So direct marketing, whether it's digitally driven, whether it's direct phone calls, whether it's direct mail, we see that that revenue is up. So folks are perhaps not only giving in response to pandemic relief, pandemic emergency, but they perhaps are shifting their giving from channels like face-to-face, from galas, from events. They may be shifting their support towards direct marketing. And so Time will tell as we have the ability to perform and conduct additional analysis to understand how that migration is occurring. But I think that's one of the brightest spots and most interesting trends is the resurgence of direct marketing and seeing that direct mail in particular is so incredibly strong. And so absolutely, that's a trend and a recommendation that I would have as folks do 
decide how to prioritize and resource their year-end strategies. Those are some really interesting insights, Matthew, and surprising to see that philanthropy has remained as robust as it has, especially in acquisition when things have been so dire from a and and dire and all over the place, really from an economic standpoint. Um, but I'd like uh, to sort of surprising shift. to me, Leah, because giving makes us human. It's what ties <laughs> us together. <laughs> that is true. I, I guess. Um, I guess really, it's it's a way that we can we can come together and feel like we can make some kind of an impact, especially with, I mean, sort of the unique circumstances around the pandemic when we were literally all just like sitting around at home. I think in other crisis scenarios with giving, like for example, in a natural disaster, you see people's generosity expressed in different ways. So, you know, a lot of times in a, in a, a natural disaster, you see people going out into the community, maybe helping up with cleanup or getting together to put together care packages for people who have been displaced. But with the pandemic, you didn't really, I mean, we all just had to stay home. <laughs> so yeah. we couldn't do some of that stuff that we typically would do in other kinds of crises. And so what can people do when you're stuck at home? Well, you can get your credit card out, you can put a check in the mail. And so kind of looking at that and considering that as this stretches on and looking into 2021, and beyond year in giving, I hear you say that face-to-face and events are probably going to see some inconsistency and, in, you know, continuing into the new year. So should nonprofits be continuing to shift their resources or should they shift their resources into direct marketing kind of for the foreseeable future? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a, a great question. So, you know, I would classify face-to-face and events will be coming out of this changed. But in fact, I think that we are already seeing programs like that reborn. So I think it was an immediate migration when we worked through the spring and early summer of this year. And so I think that those who are sort of reaping the benefits of that made a quick pivot towards direct marketing tactics. I think that moving into 2021, it's all about reimagining and re-envisioning what those events look like. And so in particular, from a digital perspective, I've read in uh, sort of in many cases that acceleration towards digital has leapt forward, not just, you know, the trend that we were on now, but leapt forward the necessities of the pandemic. And so moving into 2021, it's not a migration of those strategies, but really a continuation and working to reimagine what face-to-face and events looks like and feels like. And then from a direct marketing and a digital perspective, it's continuing to develop programs that are aligned to what your supporters now expect and can tolerate. So an example of that might be, for instance, some of your oldest donors, I'll take major donors as an example, who are now all over what a Zoom meeting looks like, and who could now tour, for instance, a medical facility where their gift has made an impact across the country, where they may previously have traveled and today are comfortable sitting down at a computer to do so. 
So I think what we are seeing is both institutions and organizations that may have been locked down or hampered by tradition and their own cultural norms are seeing their donors and their constituents have really changed and adapted to the way that they engage. And so we're seeing many nonprofits as they move into 2021, creating programs and engagement and fundraising techniques that really adapt and meet those needs. This is a lot to think about (laughs) as we are making our strategy for the coming month. So Matthew, thank you so much for your time today. I'm glad we can just sometimes get on the phone and talk through some of these trends and maybe give our listeners and our nonprofit partners a bit of levity and, and hope as they're looking to the future. Yes. Thanks for having me. 